Blog Talk Radio. about check us out on the facebook facebook.com slash the ken reedy show again facebook.com slash the ken reedy show go over there and like it right now go like the show like the page on facebook and then get involved on the chat we have we have a chat going on right now during the show and then we'll have a chat going on during monday night raw if you already like the page call your friends up email your friends Get them on board, like the page, get involved in the conversation. You can follow us on the Twitter there. We're tweeting and twatting all the time over there on the Twitter. At the Ken Reedy Show is our Twitter handle. And you can always check us out on the website, thekenreedyshow.com. We want to hear from you. So many things to talk about, but you guys, you guys, make this show run. You guys... You take us down all sorts of different roads and avenues, so you give us a call, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call to talk pro wrestling. we got a lot to get through tonight as we get you set for Monday Night Raw. As always, my tag team partner is on the line all the way from Connecticut. Dave, how are you doing tonight? All the way from Connecticut. I'm not tweeting or twatting, but I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just I threw that in because it was funny, but I was listening to sports radio. It was a little while back, and, and Buck Showalter was doing an interview, and he actually oh, said God. that. He said that on radio. He's like, you know, pressures are tough on, on, on players now, especially young players. They're out there. They're tweeting and twatting. And I was just like... Did he really just say that? <laughs> Buck Showalter, the guy that wow. was the, the manager of the Yankees. And not only that, talk about, like, not knowing, like, you know, protocol and what language should be allowed on, like, radio. They used it in the update. They used that soundbite in the update. So no one even caught that. So I figured, why not at the open of the show throw a little humor in that? But check us out on the Twitter. Why not? You know what? I mean, it's happened. Finally, you know, Raw, WWE, you've done it to us. We have tried. We've been hanging on the ledge by our fingertips. Things remain alone. 
positive show out there on the internet. The two guys that go out there each and every week, and we talk positive, and we we give you, you know, what we like, and we, and we don't want to, we we just we didn't want to be, we just didn't want to be one of those shows that just gets on week in and week out and complains and, and pisses and moans, and and we 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 we've done a really good job for years now, but oh my god, oh my god, you throw Kathy Lee and Hoda, Huda, who the hell is Hoda? You throw them at us last week on Monday Night Raw, and I get it, and I'm all for I mean, I think it's great what you're doing for the Susan G. Coleman breast cancer awareness, and, and, and it's awesome, and when you see the, the ladies in, in the, the, the front rows and everything, it's great. And you know what? Joan London, all the best to Joan London, because there ain't many people out there braver than Joan London. But, oh, my God. Kathy Lee and Holt, what a joke. And and I've said it before about the commentating, and I'll say it about this. You know, I get it. We're wrestling fans. And I know we want to be stereotypical, and people have their <laughs> preconceived notion of wrestling fans. Man, but don't insult my intelligence. I sit down and watch Monday Night Raw. I get it that they're there for the breast cancer awareness thing. To me, they they serve no purpose. They gave no awareness. Uh, they're wearing pink dresses. Who the hell cares? Um, they seemed bombed, uh, and it seemed like just a segment to kind of hawk Kathy Lee's wine. I, I, I thought, honestly, as, as you, you sit since SummerSlam, we've said it on the show, since SummerSlam, as, as we've watched Raw, you know, just really not be good. That, that was one of the worst segments I've ever seen, maybe in the history of Raw, Dave. It was, it was god-awful. There was, there was no mention of them being involved in the Susan G. Komen breast cancer awareness, other than the fact that they wore those, those, you know, those, those tag sale looking Ric Flair wannabe robes that they had on. Um, I mean, like you said, they, they came out there to hawk the wine that, 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 that Kathy Lee was promoting um, for, for a company who was pretty PG. You're out there promoting alcohol. I just didn't understand that, but um, that's another argument for another time. Uh, it was just a waste of time, in my opinion. It didn't solve anything. It didn't serve a purpose other than, okay, you got Adam Rose and about 12 indie workers on TV for five minutes, but you didn't – what did you solve? There was no, um, you know, Susan G. Komen, um, you know, label across the bottom of the screen. They didn't even make one mention of it whatsoever. Um, and, and to top it off, like what really bothered me more than anything was the fact that um, you know, the next day on the Today Show, I didn't watch this, but I read the the, the transcript from the show. Um, Kathy Wait, Lee, you don't you don't watch the Today Show on a regular basis, Dave? No, uh, you know you're I, not a Kathy Lee and Hoda fan. Let me, uh, like you said, who the hell Hoda? But in all <laughs> in all, it's let me just put it to you this way, okay? It's a stretch for me to watch Total Divas, all right? And I watched two hours back-to-back because that was bet last night because that was better than watching my Giants get their tails kicked by the Eagles. And that's another argument for another time. But <laughs> the, trans, the transcript I read, I don't know word for word, but it was based along the lines of uh, I, was to- I was against appearing on the, on the broadcast last night. I did not want to do it, but I decided to do it anyways because it was for a good cause. You know, and I think she referenced Susan G. Komen. Now, first of all, let's be serious here for just a minute, okay? Just one minute, as Lance Storm would say. You know for a fact that she she may have been against it, 
but she certainly wasn't against it when Vince McMahon wrote her a check at the end of the day for her making an appearance on television and let her hawk that wine, all right? So I just think the whole segment, it was a waste of 10 or 15 minutes. It, it, it totally, you know, if you wanted to bring them out on TV, why didn't you bring them out with Joan London when she did the little speech then? I mean, the whole, you know, smashing the wine bottle over each other's tuchuses, and then, you know, it was just, it was you, you heard the boos in the crowd, and normally they don't boo the people that are promoting the cancer awareness, you know, commercials or anything like that, but they were booing these two ladies because it was just god-awful. There was no rhyme or reason behind the segment whatsoever. I would go, I would say it was it was probably almost as bad, if not worse, than the Katie Vick, you know, Kane having sex with a dead body segment 12 years ago on Raw. And that, that's pretty bad. I, 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 this, this may be worse. This may be worse. So I, I mean, it just it, it was very disappointing. And then this week we have a, I don't even know how to pronounce her name. Nene, Nene, Nina, Leaks, uh, uh, from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. On I don't know if my if my Nene's leaking, I'm not broadcasting it on TV. But anyway, Nene Leaks <laughs> is going to be on Monday Night Raw tonight. And you know, and I, I hate to say it, man, because again, did Buck Showalter we're, we're, say that too. What was that? Did Buck Showalter say that too? <laughs> did did he? Holy cow! You're you're drawing a fine line this week, pal. Anyway, <laughs> all I'm saying, man, is I'm not a proponent of this, but you know, fans out there, you go to see WWE live events, and they're gonna throw this crap at you. Boo it! Boo it! Keep booing it! Embarrass these people! I mean, I hope. I honestly, and it's it's horrible, but I hope Kathy Lee and Hoda were embarrassed enough that either, number one, they will never set foot on a Monday Night Raw again, or number two, they'll know, you know, don't throw crap out. Like, give us something. Give us a substantial segment. So, you know what? If Nene's leaking all over the ring tonight, boo her, get her the hell out of there, and hopefully we have a better Monday Night Raw. As far as last week, again, we've gotten borderline crap. Um, for for a long time now. This is a bad stretch right now uh, for WWE. And I know that it's talked about a lot that, you know, post-SummerSlam, there's usually a lull. And I get that. But there's usually some things I can hang my hat on. And I'm really just... Raw lately has just become a chore for me to get through. Um, it just hasn't been good. They haven't been giving us uh, a good three... They haven't given us a good two hours. They haven't been giving us a good two hours on a three-hour program. At least last week, we had a rock sighting. And that, if nothing else, uh, broke up the night. It, it was a really cool moment. And we talked a while ago on the show. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not naive enough to think that things are, are shifting. They're going to change things on Monday Night Raw. But one of the things we did talk about is, rather than promoting guys' appearances all the time, wouldn't it be better to set up a dynamic where you never know what's going to happen, so you have to tune in every week because someone might surprise you? I was of the, you know, we posted a picture of The Rock on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show, and we posted there's a picture of The Rock working out in New York that he posted on Instagram. I didn't for one instant think he was showing up on Raw. One of our fans on the Facebook said, uh, that means he's probably an hour away from his flight out or something like that. Um, no one really thought. It was just an Instagram picture. Uh, honestly, I thought it was just something to kind of get the dirt sheets going and, and wondering and, and, and something to talk about. 
and lo and behold, The Rock shows up. And I, I thought that was cool, that it was it was a total surprise. Um, and, and, you know, Dave, I want you to get into just, just tell us what you thought about The Rock showing up. But what I really want to get into is I think, and I don't think I'm alone in this, I think it speaks volumes that the guy The Rock showed up to confront was Rusev. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll comment on you know on on that in just a second. Um, as far as the Rock showing up, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I agree with you. Raw has not been must see television, and we we have you know uh, discussed in, in recent episodes of our show that it, it, that that whole you know never know what's going to happen dynamic into the into the program. I think you know they should implement that because you know sometimes promotion works, but at the same time you know. You, you get those those fans that didn't tune in. They you might get a few extra to tune in the following week because you never know what's going to happen. That's something that you know Eric Bischoff was notorious for when he was running WCW in its early stages of Nitro. In fact, I just read an interview with him recently where he stated that he he set up a lot of focus groups and the main objective amongst the wrestling fans that answered these questions and these focus groups were they wanted to tune into a program that was live, that was unpredictable, and you did not know was going to happen, but you had to watch it every single week. And I think Raw kind of needs to go back to that format just a little bit. Um, and they kind of did that last week. Um, the stories I've read, the rounds that have been made um, in, the, in the, uh, the, the, the inner circles of the Internet, so to speak, in the wrestling business were – that this appearance by him was uh, it was a one-off deal, and it was something that was done at the last minute. I'm talking like Monday afternoon. Um, I'm hearing like late afternoon, early evening. This was discussed before the doors even opened, and it was you know very quick, and only very few people knew. A lot of wrestlers have publicly stated this week that they had no idea that Rock was uh, was was set to appear until he walked into the building. They kept it very quiet. And uh, he wasn't even on the script. Um, but, I mean, that's, you know, just, you know, some people's statements, whether it's true or not, remains to be seen. Uh, as far as, I mean, it was cool. I'll be honest with you. I fell asleep right before that segment. I forget what the segment was before that, but after that it went to commercial, and I, I donked out. And I woke up in the middle of it, and I saw the rock in the ring, and I thought, oh, am I dreaming? And then I, I, I <laughs> I really did, honest to God. I was like, the light was on, TV was still on in my bedroom. My girlfriend was knocked out of sleep because it's been pretty boring to her lately. So I had to rewind it, and I go back, and I'm like, and then when I heard his music and the pop, I was like, oh, my God. Like, see, this is the kind of stuff that, like, we've been talking about. Like, you know, when you see a guy like him come out and do what he does and have the audience in the palm of his hand, it makes you wonder what kind of talent there really is out there in the wrestling business today. And I, I hate to say that, but, I mean, he still has it. Like, he's got the gift of gab. He's in a class all by himself. The phenomenal shape that he's in, the way he can talk, and just and the fact that he brought him out with Rusev, I thought was a lot of people have gone back and forth on it. Well, you know, it hurt Rusev because Rock got the upper hand in the segment and kind of made him look weak. But at the same time, Rock also endorsed Rusev as being the best one out there in the locker room. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster, he's more dominant. He made he made Rusev out to be a, 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 a you know a formidable force um, in that ring, big enough for the Rock to come back and just confront him and have a few words with him. So to me, at the end of the day, I think it helped that the company put Rusev in that segment with the Rock, a guy of that stature, 
and who knows if it will lead to a match between the two. I don't think it will, but I think this is one of those things where they were they were t- it was an opportunity at the right time. Rock was in town. He he was able to work for a few minutes. He came in, he did his thing, and at the same time they were testing out how Rusev can handle big names. Maybe they will maybe they will they'll push Rusev more, you know, into a feud with you know, the Rock going into WrestleMania season or maybe even a different name. Who knows? But I thought overall the segment was great. He had the crowd in the palm of his hand. Everybody loved it. I mean, he was funny. And like I said, there's no – when he comes out there, he stands head and shoulders above the rest, like above everybody else. There's nobody on that roster right now that can touch him in terms of popularity, in terms of charisma, microphone, anything. And unfortunately, I hate to say this because there are a lot of talented guys in the WWE, but – None of them really come close, in my opinion, after what we saw on Monday Night with The Rock. So it goes to show what kind of shape the wrestling business is in. I'm not saying it's in bad shape, but it's just different. There aren't guys like that anymore. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that wrestling's going downhill or wrestling sucks. I mean, the product has sucked lately, but it's just a different time. You know, it really stood out Monday Night when they brought him in. Well, yeah, I mean, I think with The Rock, it just shows, like, how talented he is. I mean, you know, it's – and I think it's a combination of both. You know, it's, it's – it's, you know, like you're saying, I think it's – you know, maybe there's not as much talent, and at the same time, Rock is just so much better. I mean, he's just so good. He's so good on the microphone now. And, look, I mean, I you know, not to judge or speculate, but I think he's benefiting a lot – from not being uh, having to be adherent to the WWE wellness policy. Oh, my God. It's like every time I see him, he looks bigger than the last time I saw him. And Rusev is not a small guy. And, and Rock just looked absolutely enormous uh, in the ring. And, and you're right. I mean, just everything about him, physical stature, the look, and the mic work, uh, just far superior to... Uh, Really, just about anybody on the roster. But I, you know, it's funny. And there, there's certain terms. I, I think, you know, sometimes in, in the wrestling universe and uh, fans and whatever, you know, learning a little bit of the terms, you know, never having been in the business, but but knowing certain terms, uh, uh, know, knowing a little bit. Like, sometimes I think it's a detriment, uh, fandom, and everyone wants to speculate, ooh, you, you made – you made Rusev look weak. I, that's horseshit. I'm sorry. Excuse my French, but he's an up-and-comer who's in the mid-card. And like you said, Dave, Rock took the time out to single him out. To me, that that's – I'm sorry. I, I just look at that as nothing but positive for Rusev. I don't think Rusev looked weaker. Uh, I think Rusev, you know, got, got sucker-punched essentially and, uh, you know, got beat up by, uh, you know, a – Future Hall of Fame all time great. I mean that's that's just what happened. I don't think it it uh, it's to Rusev's detriment e- even a little bit. I-, I think it's tremendous that Rusev comes out there and and the Rock's music hit and that's the segment that they chose to use the Rock. I, I think it's a big deal because um, you know I don't know how much the like what say the Rock had, but let's say for argument's sake the Rock had uh, some say in the segment. Uh, the Rock coming out and confronting Rusev, to me, The Rock to Rusev is a personal endorsement of what Rusev is doing. And I think it's an endorsement of the company. I think the company is liking what Rusev is doing. And we have spoken, because we're always, we're always ahead of the curve on this show. 
But we've been speaking for a while about really liking what Rusev has been bringing to the table. You know, pulling his shorts up to his nipples aside, we like everything that Rusev is bringing to the table, especially Lana. But everything else also, the the, the persona, the, the storyline, uh, the, the wrestling skills, the, the fact that he's enormous, but he can move in the ring. Um, you know, our friend, uh, fan, Ronaldo Santiago, uh, you know, stated that last week on our page, you know, that Rusev is holding the mid-card down. And he is. I, I mean, you know, there have been pay-per-views as of late that, like, Rusev's been the match that... It's like, yeah, we're really looking forward to, to what Rusev is going to do. And, and it's been a, a fun, you know, the anti-American thing works. It always works. But, you know, Rusev is such a beast. It just it, it adds something to it. Um, Lana as the mouthpiece is, is awesome. Um, I, I just, you know, again, there's not enough positive things that I could say about Rusev. In his, in his short run, granted, I mean, we could be talking about Rusev, you know, six months from now saying, what the hell are they doing Rusev? But right now, um, I think they've used him correctly. They haven't brought him along too quickly. He's holding down the mid-card. Uh, it maintains uh, interest for me as a fan. And I think it's a resounding endorsement from the company and from The Rock that they put that segment together with Rusev. Um, I, I, just, I disagree with anyone that thinks there's any negative here. I think that was all positive for Rusev, Dave. I, I do agree. And, you know, there's, there's reports that came out Tuesday morning – uh, stating that they intentionally, intentionally instructed, you know, The Rock not to perform a rock bottom or a people's elbow to further um, weaken the the character's state of Rusev, um, you know, during that confrontation. So, I mean, like you said, Rusev took a couple of sucker shots. He was still on his feet, um, and he walked away from it, you know, just, you know, getting busted in the lip. That could, that could happen to anybody. Um, and as far as like, you know, like you said, I totally agree with you hundred percent. His character development has been great. I think that, um, you know, his matches, I wouldn't say they've been must see, but for a guy who's relatively new that they've been, you know, highly promoted and well talked about. And, and the other thing too, is that like something that I, that I spoke of when he first started that I hope that we didn't get to see, um, throughout the course of his push was when normally the formula for when they push guys in WWE is they come in, they tear through guys, you know, on the lower card or even, you know, some of the local enhancement talent that they'll bring in kind of like what they did with Ryback a few years ago. And they tear through guys on the roster and then they get them like a meaningful feud, like probably I'd say about three or four months in. And they kind of did that with Rusev, but I was hoping that it wasn't going to go on for so long, kind of like what they did with Ryback with Ryback's progression. They, they they had him wrestling, you know, two and three and four guys in the same match for, 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 for months on end, and it just didn't really go anywhere. And there was no, like, meat and potatoes to, you know, to, to, to a feud with Ryback until they, brought, until they had him do something with CM Punk, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. And then everyone thought Ryback was going to be the next John Cena after all that took place. Difference here is they didn't do that with Rusev. And... They didn't show. They showed Rusev as being a dominant force, but not so dominant that people got sick of it. You know, he showed some weakness in a few of his matches with Biggie Langston or Biggie, I should say, because they changed his name. Um, you know, in the the, the the payback pay-per-view match, and then the match at Money in the Bank, and then his two matches with Jack Swagger. They showed some some weakness in there, but not enough where it would it would make people doubt 
that Rusev could be, uh, you know, his character could be a, a strong force in WWE going forward. So I like how they kind of, you know, showed how strong he was at the same time showed that he was human too and that he can, you know, fall, you know, from time to time, but he can also get back up and, 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 and do it better than anybody else which I thought has been good for his character development because normally they give guys, excuse me for saying this, but the Goldberg-like push where they come in, they tear through everybody, and then out of nowhere they lose and everyone's like, what the hell happened? Like, I thought they were going to push this guy. Why did they make him go through 50 or 60 guys only for him to lose this one match when he was on a roll? At least Rusev, yes, he's been winning, but he's also been showing signs of weakness in his, in his victories too as well, which – adds more anticipation to eventually when he does lose and when the certain American wrestler is the one to unseat the undefeated Russian. It will make for the victory that much more special that, you know, someone saw a chink in his armor in the past and exploited it and eventually beat him and became victorious. So that's what I think has been good about the progression for Rusev. From what I've heard, Going forward, there's talk that they'll possibly put the United States Championship on him to add even more heat to this to, to this character with him and Lana, and Lana and him bragging that a Russian is wearing the United States Championship. And in my opinion, I think doing that would be good for two reasons. One, it adds credibility to Rusev. Now he's a championship holder in WWE. And number two... It also adds credibility to the United States title for being put in a storyline with two individuals who are over with the audience. The crowd's pretty hot at them because the international anti-American storyline always works, and it adds more prestige and more importance to that title for the next person to challenge for it. So overall, I think the progression for Rusev has been good, and I'd go as far as to say that, you know, he'd be like the rookie of the year in WWE this year, in my opinion, for the way that, you know, his, his character has progressed over time. That's a good point. It's uh, you know, it, it's weird. This this year has flown by because we're getting we're getting dangerously close to those end of the year awards. And yeah, you'd definitely be my leading candidate for re- rookie of the year. What do you guys think? Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Why not? Let's go out to the phones now because we we got Tony on the line. And I know Tony is a huge Kathy Lee and Hoda fan, so we want to get his take on that segment. Let's go out to the phones. Tony, are you there? I'm here. Hey, you I'm doing, here. Mom? Yeah. All right, and uh, I'm doing all right. I'm actually still feeling a little bit after being at Comic-Con the other, the other day. Oh, oh dude, yeah. I mean, not to, not to not digress a little bit, but uh saw some of your pictures. Looked like you had a blast. Uh, jealous. I got to get there next year. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, it's, I was. I mean, I was on my feet the whole day on different lines. You know, I met Hogan. I met. Yeah, you know, um, I got a picture with Jimmy Hart. He was there. All you know, he was there too. I met you know um, Hacksaw and DiBiase. I got a. I got a couple you know, a few pictures of those guys. I met Mick Foley. Uh, you know, and you saw. And I met, you know, um, a lot of the Next Generation cast. You know, I met finally you know like Lamar Burton, Michael Dorn, um, Marina Sirs who played Counselor Troy. Uh, you know Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. That was that was awesome, and and I met Captain Kirk himself. That was yeah, like, dude, that that made that made me exceptionally jealous. I am such a big Shatner fan, and uh, yeah, to, to meet him, which is I went to see his one man show. Like yeah, this is a wrestling show, but <laughs> yeah, I went to see his one man show uh, last year and just loved it. And uh, yeah, I was really I got to get there next year. So it sounds like you had a. A really full day, and uh, it's great. I mean, the wrestlers and everyone else you got to meet—that's uh, tremendous. Just, just 
Got to get there. We got to, you know, we got to be there next year, Dave. We got to get like a table. We can't reach us to have a table at Comic Con next year. Anyway, let's. Yeah, let's yeah, that would be awesome. As, as we we you know go off on on a bit of a tangent. Uh, yeah, you heard it. You know, I ramped it a little bit to start the show. I uh, was not pleased about Raw last week outside of uh, the Rock segment. Um, yeah, and we're running, uh, you know, a bad streak of, of Raw since uh, SummerSlam. Your thought uh, last week on Raw and, and going forward, and then what are your thoughts right now? Well, yeah, because it's usually after SummerSlam, it is like you, the, the company usually it's like they really do hit their. Uh, their low point at this time this time of year it's like it's a, but sometimes it's like i feel like it's, it's like i feel like they go out of their way to, to suck it's just it's just like it's I, I don't know what they're doing you know it's like i mean Kathy, i mean that whole kathy lee and i never heard of hoda so i don't i don't know who i have no idea about it and then you got who do you have tonight that that somebody's name leaking and then you, you got the kind of the guy that, hey. Nene Leaks is going to be on. Like, apparently, you got a show I don't watch, where, which is weird. I mean, you, I you bring up a good point, Tony, because this is a wrestling program, and I get it that, that you know, WWE is trying to be an entertainment entity. They're trying to be, you know, this this big, you know, entertainment company that, that uh, you know, broadens their scope. But essentially, it's it's a wrestling company. I mean, let's let's, let's call a spade a spade. And it's it's a good point as you come on the show and you say, you know, who the hell is Nene? And, and I'm thinking the same thing. And you know, she's from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. You know, how about grabbing like a a, a, a baseball player? You know, how about grabbing a you know, I don't know, a, f- a football player that that's that's off, you know, uh, that that can make it a football player from from the area. I mean. You know, how about like since since you know you have kind of a it's sports entertainment, maybe just maybe grab some celebrities that would have a little more resonance with uh, fans of of a wrestling product. I I I have no idea. I Nene Nene's leaking. I, I have no idea who she is. I don't know why she would be on Monday Night Raw. And I, I guess maybe they think it'll bring different eyeballs to to the the TV, I, I I don't know. I just when I saw it and I saw a picture of her, I was like, this is gonna be, this is gonna be another shit show. So I mean, last week again, and I don't want to beat a dead horse. The Kathy Lee Hoda segment was god awful. But what'd you think? I mean, I we talked a lot. We kind of dissected it. I thought the Rock segment was pretty cool. I thought it was cool for Rusev. Your thought on the Rock showing up last week? I loved it. I, you know, I mean, I've always been a big, rock, you know, big fan, big rock fan. So you know, it's like when his music hit and he came out, he came out. I was just like, you know, I, I, I didn't see it coming, and it was, you know, because I had read that he was there, but you know, they wasn't, they weren't sure if he was actually going to be on the on Raw or what was going on, what was going to happen. So when his music hit, I was just like, oh my god, this is going to be great. You know, and I'm just thinking, you know, it's like. Hey, you know, I know some say you know, like I even thought a little bit too. You know, it's like he's you know he's laying the smack down on Rusev and everything. And yeah, maybe you know, I could see why some make him you know that you know it's like buries Rusev a little bit, getting you know you know getting you know beaten by a, a guy you know by a former you know by a movie star now or whatever. But I mean, I was just watching. And I was just thinking, okay, this is the Rock. This is going to be great. You know, he's he's over there talking. He's doing he he's there doing his gimmick. And this is I'm just like. This has been, you know, it's like the, that was the most entertaining part of it, of of of, 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 of Raw last weekend. 
yeah, you know, the only part that I that really sticks out. The rest of it is it's like lately the show has just been so forgettable. I don't know what happens when we do it, but you know it's like it's some you know it's like you got the Rock coming out and he does that stuff. It's like you know, it's, but then but you know it's not even says so, you know it's like you got the Rock. You know it's like he comes out and it's like you're gonna remember it. It's like that kind of that, that even that kind of falls on the creative too because it's like they book stuff, but it's like it, they book stuff so. So we, you know, so horribly. It's just like you know, it's like it's all forgettable. It's just like they don't really give too many guys a chance to uh, to do much. You know, like they used to do with him in the you know, back in the day. It's it's very uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, not. It's, it's a really good point, Tony, because it's like they bring back and like we said. I mean, you know, when The Rock comes out um, with everything, he's just head and shoulders above the entire roster. I mean, even guys we like, and it just it. it it does point out to the fact of why why is creative not been able to to build another rock and maybe the rock is too you know too lofty a goal but you know what i'm saying like build you know a roster of guys that you think at least are on the same level as as the rock you know and it's yeah i mean he shows up and he really has that that lofty stature when he starts talking you know, look, we talked about it. I love Ambrose. I love what Ambrose is doing now. I love his promos. Yeah. You know, other guys, you like the promos. You know, I think Seth Rollins cuts a decent promo. Um, man, but then The Rock shows up. And you're like, wow, yeah, uh, he's just so much better than, you know, as great a, a, pro, a promo as Ambrose can cut. It's just, The Rock is just so much better. And, and it's a testament to The Rock to a certain extent. But it is also a statement on, you know, why isn't creative letting some of these guys really go and let them build their own characters uh, to, to to cut more promos that are, are more true to them? And it's it, it's a real good point you bring up, Tony. Oh, thanks. You know, uh, yeah, like I say, yeah, you know, even like I said, what they're doing with Ambrose too. You know, it's like the character is actually is good, but you know, I mean, uh, contract on a pole match. I mean, did did they bring Russo in? They've been Vince Russo back in. I mean, Jesus. You know, it's just like, I mean, I was watching SmackDown, you know, it's like, you know, like Miz was like, oh, it's going to be a no-holds-barred contract on a pole. Are you kidding me? And it's just like, first of all, I mean, first of all, I think it's idiotic that you know, they're not just doing Ambrose versus Rollins in the damn cell right off the bat. You know, it's like, she's going to have to get through Cena and climb a freaking pole and grab a footboard to get to him. It's like, well, well have, have no fear, because from what I've just read a few minutes ago, apparently... The, the, that particular match and the card to Hell in the Cell is expected to change tonight. Um, apparently, there's even talk of possibly having this contract on a pole match either on tonight's Raw or possibly next week's Raw going into the go-home edition for Hell in the Cell. So we may see the main event finalized and the stipulations in place before the pay-per-view even begins. Um, so we might have to suffer through a, a contract on a pole match at the pay-per-view from what I'm reading. But there's talk that Cena and Ambrose might happen tonight to, to see who faces Rollins. And then the loser allegedly is supposed to face Randy Orton inside a Hell in a Cell match, um, which to me really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There's no back history behind that. Um, but I think that's just the company's way of giving Ra- throwing a bone at Randy Orton because o- Orton is kind of, been sticking through the tough times the company has had lately with injuries and guys taking time off and stuff like that. So, just to break a little news for you, since you know that's what I do here on the Ken Reed Show. 
Thanks, Dave. Tony, good stuff tonight. Thanks a lot for the uh, the call. And uh, hope, hopefully we get something good tonight. We can talk about some good stuff next week on the show. Thanks for calling. Talk to you later. All right, man. Take it easy, brother. Either. Maybe they should have like a, a condiments in a bucket match. Per like last <laughs> yeah. week with the, uh, yeah, with the or, hot dog or, or, thing. A uh, uh, hide the hot dog match. <laughs> now it's getting ugly. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Give us a call oh, right now. We got to take a break because, as always, this time of show we're running a little bit late, but it's all good. It's time for the day five fifty fifty news report. You heard the man better late than never. This is the day five news report. Only heard at the top of the hour, or maybe a few minutes after that, here at the Ken Reedy Show every single Monday night. The top story this week in the world of pro wrestling comes from the Wrestling Observer. The newsletter reports that allegedly WWE has already laid the groundwork for the top matches for next spring's WrestleMania 31 Spectacular. Apparently, the main event is set in stone, being Brock Lesnar defends the WWE World Heavyweight Championship against Roman Reigns. The company has also thrown a few ideas out to round out the top of the card. First, They hope to have Sting signed to a talent contract by then so he could perform, but against who is still unknown. Some of those possibilities are Undertaker, who hasn't ruled out one more match, all depending on his physical condition, which has been in question over the past several years following his WrestleMania matches. And the other candidate is Triple H. Both of these individuals' names have come up publicly by Sting, but as of now, no word on if WWE officials have elected either man to face Sting at WrestleMania 31. Speaking of the chief operating officer of WWE, after a pre-taped segment airing on SmackDown Friday night with The Rock, company officials are discussing a match between those two in the Silicon Valley next spring. Speculation on Rock's involvement has run rampant since his surprise appearance last Monday night on Raw but nothing is set in stone between Rock and WWE officials as of now. If Rock were to return for one more match, most in Hollywood would be advising against it, citing potential serious injuries taking place, causing delays in his filming schedule with several Hollywood blockbusters movies he is signed to appear in, one of those projects being the remake of the hit TV show Baywatch. Rock had torn his groin in his WrestleMania 29 match with John Cena in 2013, causing him to require surgery and delay filming on Hercules. As far as Cena goes, his WrestleMania 31 involvement could potentially go in two different directions. Company officials have discussed pairing him with the man who Rock confronted in his surprise return to Raw last Monday, that being Rusev. The other idea thrown around was not originally pitched by company officials, but by a certain WWE Hall of Famer. Hulk Hogan publicly threw his name into the hat to wrestle John Cena, in which he's dubbing as his retirement match. Now company officials have actually considered this idea, all pending if Hogan could pass a standard WWE physical exam by the WWE medical staff. If he were to pass, then officials have discussed possibly placing Hogan against Cena. If not against Cena, then they would find a place on the card for him, according to the Wrestling Observer. Nonetheless, as it usually goes every year, rumors and speculation of the upcoming WrestleMania card are simply that, 
rumors, and speculation until you have seen it with your very own eyes. Well, October 2nd has come and gone, and that date was supposed to be the date where SmackDown would premiere on Thursday evenings on the Sci-Fi Network. Due to the NFL's Thursday evening game schedule, WWE and Sci-Fi have opted to delay the move until mid-January 2015. That is when the NFL playoffs normally occur, and those games are broadcast on Saturdays and Sundays. An official start date has not been announced at this time. In our third story, more developments on the TNA TV negotiations front, television networks who have negotiated with the company have seemingly been reluctant to do so. The talk in the industry has been the thought behind Spike TV dropping TNA programming when the company consistently produces 1 million viewers on a weekly basis and their reasons for doing so. Those thoughts and questions have raised a red flag amongst networks during the ongoing negotiations process, to which could be the reason why TNA has not officially signed a television deal. TV executives also feel that this move by Spike is seen as getting rid of a sinking ship and the sign that TNA could be poorly run and can't grow as a company, despite the support they have received from Spike TV over the years. As of this writing, a new TV deal has not been reached with TNA or any prospective networks. WWE announced that last week's SmackDown television tapings from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to the live audience that the city of brotherly love will host the 2015 WWE Royal Rumble event. It was also mentioned during that announcement that the Royal Rumble match itself is going to a 40-man format as opposed to the standard 30-man format. This will be only the second time in WWE history that 40 men performed in a Royal Rumble match. The last time that happened was back in 2011 in Boston, Massachusetts, when former WWE star Alberto Del Rio, now known as El Patron Alberto, entered at number 38 to win the Rumble match that year. On a side note, it was at that very event where yours truly, who happened to be in attendance for his first Royal Rumble event, performed his very first assignment for the Ken Reedy Show as an on-site correspondent and developed into the beginning stages of what has blossomed into a beautiful, strictly platonic, working relationship (laughs) and friendship between Ken and myself. And our final story this week. After last week's full metal mayhem match on TNA Impact Wrestling between Team 3D, the Hardys, and the Wolves, Bully Ray took to Twitter and speculated on his future in wrestling with tag team partner Devon, stating that although they didn't achieve tag team gold, himself and Devon have set their sights on another set of their favorite tag team gold. After that tweet was sent out, speculations of a Dudley Boy's return to WWE made the rounds on the good old internet. Well, multiple wrestling media outlets have confirmed that we may see Team 3D head to New Japan Pro Wrestling. The duo held the New Japan Pro Wrestling Tag Team titles back in 2009, and with their TNA deals coming to a close at last night's Bound for Glory pay-per-view, as well as Bully Ray beginning to work an angle with New Japan Pro Wrestling's tag team champion, the Bullet Club, by referring to them after Bound for Glory went off the air last night, all signs point to the TNA Hall of Famer's future with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And there you have it. That was the Better Late Than Never version of the Day 5 News Report. Heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night, only here on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, take it away. Good stuff. Ah, oh, the memories. Memories. Let's go to mine. 
Uh, I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm actually I'm hoping that we can get to the Rumble this year and maybe plan a a big tailgate. I'm actually hoping next year. Now, who knows? Because, well, like quite frankly, my job sucks. It's uh, I, and I hope people are listening for my job, but it sucks and and pay sucks these days. So, uh, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, you know, they may be firing me tomorrow because I'm telling them that they suck on uh, you know the program, but. If, if money and everything and everything lines up, I, I'm going to attempt to hit the big four next year. Don't know where Survivor Series is going to be, but knowing that, that Rumble is, is attainable, getting Philly, I'm planning on WrestleMania, and uh, SummerSlam being in, in New Jersey, I'm, I'm going to try, depending on how far... Survivor Series is, I'm going to try and hit the original Big Four next year. So looking forward to it. It's amazing, Dave, how, you know, last week we talked, I mean, the speculation on the Internet and how how things, you know, grow like wildfire. It's amazing. And as the years have gone on, even the the short run of this show, it's like, aside from like, you know, we get it, John Cena uh, and The Rock, they booked their main event a year in advance. But outside of that, it just seems like WrestleMania season starts like earlier and earlier and earlier and you start to get hints like real early now you know once the travel packages um you know go on sale then the hints really could start like at least being sprinkled about um we speculated last week on uh stone cold steve austin jr uh on his blog this week said that it, it he would he doesn't think stone cold is coming back he actually said that stone cold uh I think it was Gold's Gym in California that it's it's such a serious gym that you know you have to be in shape to just go to the gym. So he's he's been training to get back there. Um, he didn't rule out a return, but he said everything has to be a hundred percent right for for Steve to even think of coming back. That being said, all of a sudden on SmackDown, and I thought this was a very entertaining segment, and I always loved the chemistry that the Rock and Triple H had. I mean, they they did more than hint at a, a potential WrestleMania match, whether it's next year's WrestleMania or one down the road. Um, you know, it's in your news. I, I, I would love to see those two go one more time. I would love to see a match where both of those guys definitively say this is it. I, I would love to see, like, both those guys say, all right, this is our last match, period. And and have that be it. I, I always loved the chemistry between them. I loved the segment between the two of them. Um, it, it was a cool moment. Big fan of both of them. Uh, definitely something as as for me as a. It's it's twofold. I get it as as a bringing more eyeballs onto the program and and selling more tickets. The Rock is a huge movie star now, and putting The Rock in WrestleMania is going to sell tickets. I get that as a wrestling fan. I'm really, I'm kind of stoked to see uh, Triple H and The Rock one more time in the ring. Oh yeah, I mean both guys. If you if you look back, they were the they were the glue that held the mid card together for the early parts of the Attitude Era. If you if you really think about it, the two of them, and they just they came up right around the same time. They rose up the ranks together. You know, Triple H was leading DX. The Rock, you know, started his big run. You know, in singles as the leader of the nation. Of course, those two factions crossed paths, and you know the magic was there between the two. And the matches that they had were, were, you know, semi-main events. Sometimes even in main events of, of, of shows, not pay-per-views, but you know, TV and house shows. And uh, 
the stuff that they had done over the years and how their their feud had progressed over time. I mean, you know, you look back, The Rock won his very first championship, the Intercontinental title from Triple H um, in 1997 when he was good old blue chipper Rocky Maivia. And, I mean, it started from there, and it's just gone, you know, all the way till now. I mean, yeah, I think it'd be awesome to see the two of them go at it. I mean, it would come full circle. You know, The Rock's greatest rival next to Steve Austin is obviously Triple H, in my opinion. Those two came up together, and they were neck and neck in terms of, you know, uh, popularity as well as, you know, their, their, their rise to their meteoric rise to the main event in WWE. So I think it would be pretty cool. Um, you know, to, to touch on what JR had mentioned in his blog about Steve Austin, um, one thing I noticed, yes, he did shoot down the idea of a return to WrestleMania this year, but he also mentioned for, for in order for an in-ring return to, to happen, everything had to be 100%. He would likely see that take place at WrestleMania the following year, which is speculated to be in Dallas, Texas. And if I recall correctly, I think there was a certain individual on this show who just so happens to break news from a week-to-week basis that made mention of a certain scenario like that happening where a Steve Austin wrestling return would take place not in 2015 but maybe 2016. I mean, I don't know. I might have to go back to the archives of the show and have to listen to it, but... Um, what would be pretty cool was you have to tie this into the Rock Triple H discussion. You have two big names like the Rock and Triple H, and you know they, they, it's funny in the promo they touched back upon how Shawn Michaels got involved in the match and cost the Rock the championship, and how the two of them have such you know competitive you know nature amongst each other, and they're always trying to outdo one another, and you you, you know that that there would be some all some kind of huge build-up in the history that the two of them have to it. But you know who's got history with both of them equally? is Steve Austin. What if you had this blockbuster mega match with Steve Austin as, like, the guest referee? And then maybe that's how you set up the following year's WrestleMania. Maybe Austin versus Triple H in Dallas. Triple H is the ultimate, is one of, one of the greatest heels in the history of the business. Um, you could parlay, you know, Rock and Triple H to Triple H and Austin for the following year and set up. Um, I wouldn't necessarily go the retirement route because I think both guys still have enough in the tank where then you put your, you pigeonhole yourselves by if you make it a, a farewell match between the two, plus if there's a chance Undertaker could come back, that could be a farewell match. If Hogan comes back, that's another farewell match. Sting is that he only wants to wrestle one match, so that would be a hello and goodbye match. I mean, it, it, WrestleMania 31 would be the retirement tour if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, just, just make it like you. every match. Every match, somebody's yeah. at least one person's leaving. Yeah. <laughs> the WrestleMania ends, there's no roster. They're just starting from scratch the day after WrestleMania. They're holding yeah, they're holding tryouts for the public at Raw. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be part of the travel package this year. It's gonna be yeah. tickets to access, Hall of Fame, WrestleMania, and tryouts on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They get you in a ring with Finley and Bill DeMott, you know, see if you can hang with those two guys. God. Well, yeah, in all seriousness, I mean, it would be a big mega matchup to see. And a lot of people, like, have kind of left that out. Everyone's thrown, like, ideas out, like, Rock wrestling Lesnar or The Rock going after Dean Ambrose or The Rock wrestling Roman Reigns. I mean, there was even talk, like, earlier this year that if Rock were to come back, he has suggested to work with Roman Reigns so he could pass that torch to him. But, um, I mean, at the same time, Rock has also said, too, that, 
publicly. In fact, I read an interview with him recently where if he comes back, it's 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 with the right guy who wants to do something completely different, something that that wasn't done in his previous run, and something that's going to be memorable and and and, and you know worthy financially. And I think a match with Triple H at, at WrestleMania would be just that. Um, but at the same time, it also takes away a spot in the card from a young and up and comer trying to you know get their name out there when you got two veterans who are part timers to no timers at all. Excuse me. Um, having a spot in the WrestleMania card. so But it would be great to see. And you throw Austin in there, the cherry on top of the Sunday. Bing, bang, boom. Thank you, Stanford. We really we really need to be hired by those guys. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. It is time. That time in the show where it's time to travel on down that wacky road that Mike Farrar always takes us down. Let's bring him up. Mike, how you doing this evening? What's going on, guys? Are we ready to rock? I'm ready to go on the highway. Let's do this. Let's do it. What do you got for us this week? All right. Well, I'm calling out. I'm calling out some people. I'm calling out Tony. I'm calling out Mr. Trivia. I'm calling out you and Dave. We yeah. got to do this. And Michelle, it's, gee, we got to do this. You know, Ken, we got to do this. SummerSlam is in Jersey. We all got to try to see if we can get tickets and go together. You know, like a Ken Reedy oh. show listeners, you know? Let's do it, man. I mean, here you're like, yeah, let's, if, if nothing else, we all get tickets and we tailgate together. But, yes, we, I, I was well, just saying before, I, I, want, I, I want to try and get to uh, the four majors next year. So, uh, I'm I'm totally game for, for SummerSlam next year. As soon as uh, those tickets go on sale, let's let's get there. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's hold the big tailgate. Let's go. That sounds good to me. We can do the tailgating. Sounds even better. Um, you know, I could bring the hot dog, you know, the burgers. We could do it. Um, you know what's yeah, funny? You bring the, the hot Rumbles, dog. Well, yeah. The, the Royal, oh, I can do that, too. The Royal Rumble's coming up. And a good friend of a, a good friend of mine should be in the Royal Rumble. The Blue Meanie. The Blue Meanie. Everyone loves him. He should be in the Royal Rumble. He lives in Philadelphia. You know, I mean, it's funny, and I'm not... I can't say that I'm a big Blue Meanie fan, but for a 40-man battle royal, it's in Philly. It's it's it, honestly it's it's not a horrible idea. It'll get a pop. Um, I, I you know quick run in and out of the ring. Um, I, I don't I don't hate the idea. I, I think if done correctly, he definitely would get a huge pop. Uh, it would be hilarious if his music hit and he uh, came down to the rumble. And again, with 40 men. Um, you know, a lot of times they got to bring back some legends or bring, you know, have the hometown hero. I agree with you. I think if if not him, uh, someone from the, the ECW realm, maybe we get a Tommy Dreamer sighting. Uh, maybe yeah. Fred Nunzio uh, gets a spot in the Rumble. But I would uh, I would agree with you. If, if not Blue Meanie, I would like to see an ECW entrant. Well, the reason why I like the Blue Meanie so much is, I mean, not the fact that, you know, he's a cool guy and we're, and we're, and we're, and we're friends. The fact, the fact that he went to WrestleMania four, and Blue Meanie um, talked, you know, talked to me about it, um, and he shows pictures of him with the Macho Man, him with Gorilla Monsoon, and just the fact that he was a big wrestling fan to me, um, you know, and I did follow his career um, from ECW to WWE, and you know, it just, 
it just boggles my mind sometimes when you when you look at all these old wrestlers and you wonder if they're going to be in the Royal Rumble and somebody threw his name out and he said he would love to do it. I mean, I think that's a great idea. I mean, he get a little he could do his meme dance in the ring and then they could just throw him out. I'm all for it. I think it would be it would be a cool spot. What do you think about it, Dave? A little blue meme. Make it happen. Make it happen, there, Mike. You're, you're, you're hey, man, I wish I could. You're a big shot call and make it happen. No, but all seriousness, I mean, 40 guys, I think you're going to see, you know, make, yeah. first of all, here's a couple of the reasons why I think they're going to a 40-man format. Number one, I think they're going to load WrestleMania up pretty big with, like, some outside talent, meaning maybe some of the part-timers, and they're not going to get as many guys on the card. I mean, you'll probably see seven or eight matches, but they'll be pretty big matches, and you won't see the rest of the, the lower to mid card of the roster um, on the on the card, well, with the exception of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, let me you know. But in all seriousness, I think this will be another way to bring some of the older talent back to kind of. This will be the first Royal Rumble airing on the network too, so you can you can have some of the, the talent, like you said from ECW, like a Blue Meanie or maybe even a Tommy Dreamer, guys that used to be a part of ECW. You can kind of co-promote that you know there's old ECW pay per views and shows you can watch on the network for just nine ninety nine. The NXT guys, you know, that's how they brought a couple of them in each year in the Rumble. They could showcase a few more in the Royal Rumble, you know, coming up and promote the NXT show or even, you know, just the the, the regular roster that they have. You can, you can, there's endless possibilities with a 40-man Rumble. And I think it'll be pretty good. And Philadelphia is a good wrestling town, so I'm sure that they're going to mix some old ECW flavor into that Royal Rumble match itself. I, I personally look forward to it. Like, I honestly, I was in attendance that night in Boston, and Boston's a good wrestling town, too. It's, it's one of those blue-collar, you know, northeast, you know, rowdy. I wouldn't say rowdy, but, you know, boisterous wrestling towns. And they were into it all the way. Forty guys. I mean, the, the pop that that building had when Booker T and then Kevin Nash returned and they were surprise appearances, I mean, it's just, it, was, it was just awesome. So the Royal Rumble, the most exciting 60 minutes in all of wrestling, um, it, it, it's definitely going to be even wilder with 40 guys in it. So, um, I'm looking forward to that. I agree. Uh, you know, it, it, just like when, when Rowdy Rowdy Piper and Jimmy Snuka came out for that Royal Rumble in in, in uh, New York and all those, even you know, in Garden and all those, those guys around them just stopped when they were fighting. It was like, you know, they said it was like 1983, you know, was all over again. It was like, this is, this is their, well, 1984, this is where their bread and butter is. Here they are, two legends, you know, throwing punches. And after that Royal Rumble, I had the pleasure of meeting Jimmy Snooker, and I said to him, you know, you and Piper hooking it up, and he said, brother, I would do it again. He said, any time I get an opportunity to, to hook up with Piper, I'll fight him anywhere, he said. And, you know, he was wearing a shirt that said, I want Piper. So it was kind of interesting for me, you know, to meet a hero of mine and have him talk about the Royal Rumble. But you are right. You guys are right with everything that's been going on um, lately. And you talk about Boston being a wrestling town. New York's a big wrestling town. You know, Jersey's a big wrestling town. So anytime in Philadelphia is definitely because they're ECW hardcore. Um, so anytime you get to see um, wrestling in these venues, it's definitely a hell of a deal. And the Royal Rumble is going to be something. And you know what's funny? We're on the hell in the cell. We're talking about the Royal Rumble. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a, good, it? it's a good point. You know, it, it, Mike, it's an excellent point. I mean, we're, 
honestly, and you, and I think you can probably hear it in our voices, and, and you're right. I mean, we probably, if you start to, you know, say, if you went through this show tonight and went percentages of, like, conversation, we probably talked more about Royal Rumble and WrestleMania of 2015 then Hell in a Cell is coming up in a couple of weeks. And that, and that just speaks volumes. It really does speak volumes. Now, I've said some shocking things on this show. I've said a lot of shocking things on this show. Now, this is going to shock you. i got to give TNA credit, and I'll tell you yeah. why. TNA, TNA gets my credit on this. TNA did lockdown, okay, or does lockdown. And lockdown has every match in a cage. And I like that, every match in a steel cage. Hell in a Cell should do the same thing. Instead of having two Hell in a Cell matches, have them all in the cell. You know, it's it's funny. I, I mean, there's there's part of me that says yes just because, see, what, what bothers me about Hell in a Cell, see, I don't like Hell in a Cell being a pay-per-view at all. I, I think Hell in a Cell is one of those things where it, it, it adds something to the challenge. Like a couple of years ago when you had Triple H and Taker in a Hell in a Cell, like, when, when that challenge is put out, like, you know, when, when it's a pay-per-view, when it's a WrestleMania, when it's SummerSlam, and it says, all right, yeah, I'll wrestle you, but it's going to be hell in a cell. Like, oh, my God! When, when it's <laughs> its own pay-per-view, it, 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 it just does nothing. So I agree with you. If, if you're going to make it a pay-per-view, then maybe perhaps just to kind of take away from that whole, because you know there's going to be a hell in a cell match, just keep the, the cell on the ring the whole time and just, each match is a hell in a cell, but does that wind up being overkill? I don't know. To me, if I if I had my choice either way, I would just do away with the hell in a cell pay per view. Have this pay per view at this time of year called something else, and just sprinkle in hell in a cell matches. Uh, you know, when they seem appropriate for the storyline. Your thoughts, Dave? Yeah, I, I don't like it at all. It, it waters down the concept of hell in a cell, and it forces you know guys to compete in a Hell in a Cell match that really don't have a beef that could be as large as Hell in a Cell, if they were to treat the match as the most violent match ever and not just be a regular thing, if they brought it in for special occasions at other pay-per-views, I think that'd be a good idea. Um, but at the same time, too, if they... I don't know. If, if they treated it almost like War Games. You know, War Games was an annual thing, but if they treated it like War Games and had annual teams and, and did something similar like that and maybe added a different twist to the Hell in a Cell concept, maybe it would be for a, 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 a better pay-per-view. But at the same time, you also have Survivor Series, which has like one match that's got a team concept or two matches at the most. So being, you know, the following month, so maybe that wouldn't be such a good idea. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a testament to what wrestling is nowadays if we're talking about next year's pay-per-views and we still got three more to go, so... Speaking about Survivor Series, I think they should go back to the to the concept that Gorilla Monsoon um, started um, in 1995, which was a wild card match, where you have certain guys that hate each other end up on the same team and see what happens, see who survives. I mean, I, could, I, I, could, ahead, I would love that. I would love that, and I, and I really, I, I am of the the opinion that when it comes to uh, the Survivor Series. I, I I go back to Survivor Series matches for for the bulk of the pay per view. If I if I'm booking Survivor Series, 
I have, you know, maybe you have uh, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship um, in a match. Maybe you have a a tag team title match or a tag team match. Um, and then I would have the rest of them be traditional Survivor Series matches. And I agree. And then you add that. You have the, the wild card match where people that hate each other uh, have to wind up being on the, the same team. But I... I think it's one of those things. Like, what's the? Why are you calling it Survivor Series? And I and it, it is like, um, you know, one of the original four. And and I just think, why why not? I, I mean, again, we're we're talking about creative, and and we're, we're really ragging on creative <laughs> the past couple of weeks. But th- to me, like that almost makes creative's job a little bit easier. When you have a pay per view where you're going to start teaming people up, now all of a sudden on Monday Night Raws, and you don't have the brand the brand separation anymore. So you can have, like, a draft show. You can have guys picking their team. Like you said, you have the wild card match where guys are drafted on two different teams. Uh, you have guys trying to put their teams together. Guys fighting over who's going to be the captain of the team or something. You know, there's a lot of avenues you could go with having the whole pay-per-view or the bulk of the pay-per-view being Survivor Series matches. I hate the fact that now, nowadays the traditional, quote-unquote, Survivor Series match is usually a throwaway match, and the rest of the pay-per-view is just a, a regular pay-per-view. I think it loses something. So I would agree, Mike. I would love to see, like, most of the matches being Survivor Series matches and throw in that wild card match. What do you think, Dave? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I, I do agree with you there. Honestly, from what I've been hearing, there's no plans in WWE's future right now to have Brock Lesnar compete on pay-per-view or defend the title for the rest of the year. That's, you know... This upcoming pay-per-view, Survivor Series, and TLC. And his next scheduled appearance they're talking about is Royal Rumble. So why not go back to the four-on-four or five-on-five format? And, hell, even make it more prestigious. Make, you know, if you guys remember, let's go back. Now we're really going. Now we're really jumping the shark today. Let's go back to, <laughs> to the 1990 Survivor Series where you had four or five of those four-on-four matches, and the survivors of the winning teams went then went on to what they called the grand finale match survival. And if I remember correctly, it was five-on-three. It was the million-dollar man who was the sole survivor of his team teaming up with the visionaries, Rick D'Amato Martel, the warlord, Hercules, and Paul Roma. And they faced Hulk Hogan, the ultimate warrior, and Tito Santana in a five-on-three grand finale match of survival. And then, then Hogan and Warder ended up winning the match and being the sole survivors. What if you had a ma- what if you had those matches, the four-on-four, the five-on-five, four, five, and then the winners, the survivors, and the winners of those matches then go on to the end of the evening, and they face each other in a grand finale match of survival where then it comes down to there has to be one sole winner, and that one winner gets the 30th entry into the Royal Rumble match in the 2015 Royal Rumble. I was going to say, man, that, right, we're right there on the same page. I was, as you yeah. were saying that, I'm like, 30th man in the Rumble, that would be awesome. Great. <laughs> yeah. It's Stanford, you know, you got to hire us. And that, was in Hartford, Connecticut, that, and that was in Hartford, Connecticut, where the Macho Man Randy Savage did an interview. He didn't, wasn't even, you know, a participant um, in the Royal Rumble, I mean, in the Survivor Series. So that was kind of that was a crazy Royal uh, Survivor Series with uh, Mean Gene Oakland doing crisscrosses with the Godly Cooker. <laughs> yes, that, that crazy. No, and, 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 we go through and bulk 
2000, like the rest of 2014, 2015. I love doing the fantasy booking. Mike, we gotta let you go. We got some people on hold, but yeah, we got always... before I go. We gotta scrap. Uh, we gotta scrap the elimination chamber. If we're gonna scrap Hell in the Cell, we might as well scrap that no. too. No, I don't. I don't. Did you say no? Yeah, I. I, I <laughs> You're not yes, getting I, a hot dog, then, Dave. Sorry, I gotta cut oh, you no, off on the hot dogs. Right, well, I, I, I think I'm all set. I don't think I want to eat hot dogs. <laughs> all right, I'll speak to you guys. Next, I'll speak to you guys hey. next week. But I, I disagree right, with that buddy. statement, there, Dave. All right, buddy. Take it easy. Bye. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. We, so we we booked the rest of 2014. It looks like we booked uh, part of the Rumble, and and we're either either booking or getting rid of Elimination Chamber. We're like we're saying, but we but we have no interest in the next pay per view. No, I mean it's it, you know fortunately, I mean I used to love those four on four and five on five matches. And you want to know something like I and I think you and I discussed this, but you know for our listeners out there. I have an idea, and I'd like some feedback. You can send me a personal message on Facebook, or you can write on the Ken Reedy Show Facebook page. But what if we decided to do from from the beginning of November till the Survivor Series pay-per-view, or even you know the day after the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, if we did Survivor Series dream, dream Team matches, where you took old teams from Survivor Series, paired them up against different teams instead of the ones they were facing in a particular year. Like, just for argument's sake, if we did the, the, the Hulkamaniacs, from 1989, it was Hulk Hogan, Jake the Snake, and Demolition, and you paired them up against the Ultimate Warriors team from 1990, which was the Ultimate Warrior, the Legion of Doom, and the Texas Tornado, and then we get to vote on, like, who gets eliminated or what team wins, and then we can, at the, the on our Survivor Series pregame show, uh, on that pay-per-view night, we can announce the, the Ultimate Survivor Series team. Would any of our listeners be interested in that? I, I, it just kind of came to me for you know, thought maybe this would be something good to get our listeners involved in, interactive. I think it sounds cool. I think it's a great idea. Bring it. I want to hear from you. Do it. Let's do it. Yeah, post on the face. Also, like, yeah, start posting on the Facebook Survivor Series teams you'd like to see in the tourney. We'll have, like, a March Madness-type tournament with uh, Survivor Series teams from from the ages. And we'll, we'll bracket it out, and then we'll vote for the winner of each match. It could be a good time. Three one seven eight three eight ninety one five is the number to call. We got some people on hold. We're going out to Jersey. Caller, are you there? Uh, yes, this is Rocky. Rocky, how you doing, brother? Doing great, doing great. I think you guys have had a couple of great ideas for for the pay per views. I'd actually endeavor to do you one better for the Survivor Series pay per view, however, because like you, like yourselves, I'm also a big fan of the four on four matchups. But to make it a little bit more interesting, what you could do is you could hook those matchups up to the titles. Make whoever is the last survivors, no matter, you're obviously going to have between one and four survivors, give them all one title match. So it's either going to be a two-on-two or up to a fatal four-way or what have you. That's, you know what? That's, that's Ahead, Dave. That's not a bad. That's not a bad idea, actually. You know what? Right along those lines, you know, now that our, my, the wheels are turning, fantasy booking wise, if you remember in the 2004 Survivor Series, um, Evolution had a team. It was like Triple H, Batista, Snitsky, and Edge against like Maven, uh, Chris Jericho, Randy Orton, and Chris Benoit. And the winning team got to control Raw for an entire month. 
so they spread it out over the course of like four you know four weeks so what if you you had um the winners the survivors each get a title shot individually it's definitely there's definitely a, a lot of different ways it could be done yeah i mean i think that the bottom line is just kind of you know tweaking things a little bit creatively like thinking a little bit out of the box don't give us the same formulaic pay-per-views month in and month out. I mean, again, there have been good pay-per-views, but that, like, Survivor Series, to me, is one of those pay-per-views that th- there's some creative freedom because of the history of Survivor Series. You can give us something that is a completely different product. And it, it is the the pay-per-view that has kind of become the distant fourth place as far as the original Big Four. And that's obvious. To me, like, reinvented by going back and, and doing something. And, yeah, adding some title stipulations to these matches, uh, whatever, to tweak it. But I think that's the, you can open yourself up to a lot of creative endeavors by, by going back to those uh, Survivor Series team matchups. And, and it's amazing, Rocky, because, you know, we're sitting here and we're continually just skipping over Hell in a Cell. And I want to try and, and bring this show back because the creative juices are obviously flowing with us tonight. And we're all like, you know, Stanford, if you're listening, <laughs> believe you me, I'll give my job like an hour's notice. Okay? I am up in Stanford the minute you say you're ready. So we're there. We're ready to be hired. A lot of good creative minds on the show. But as we try to bring it back, Rocky, I mean, what is your thought on, on the product like as of late, the past few weeks of Monday Night Raw, going into Hell in a Cell, I mean, we talked a little bit before, we talked a lot of it before, that, that all last week, outside of The Rock, was not really a, a good show. It has not been a good show as of late. In our opinion, your thoughts on, on Raw as of late heading to Hell in a Cell? Um, I, I perfectly agree with you. Uh, WWE has really been stumbling with their Raws as of late, and Rock was definitely a high point. Uh, I was listening to I was listening to you before about the significance of Rock coming out against Rusev, and I think Rusev has been holding up the mid card on his on his shoulders. There's a lot of talent there that I think uh, that I think maybe WWE creative is not letting these guys flesh out their characters correctly, but Rusev is definitely someone that they're getting right. Um, they're not giving him the, the too fast of a push. As, again, you guys have talked about Ryback, um, I think they're, they're pushing him along. They're developing him well. Uh, like another he, another group of heels where I think they've stumbled is the Wyatt family. Um, if you look at Eric Rowan and Luke Harper, tremendous talent. I don't think anyone can argue that those guys have talent in spades. But really, when you build them as a monster tag team and yet have them lose week in and week out, it, it, it kind of loses steam real quick. I, I think. I, I uh, totally yeah, I, I think Rock was definitely definitely saved the show. I think it was perfect that he faced off against Rusev. I don't think it weakened him at all. If anything, it, it brought him. It brought him that much closer to jump in the mid card to to the top level guys. I like what they're doing with him. I like how they're developing Lana on the mic and him just being the silent bear that he is. 
and it, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with him. If they, if they keep on, you know, hitting it out of the park, I, I hope so because he's he's very talented. I agree with you. You know, it's funny. I mean, I guess we keep ripping on creative. I, Rusev is the guy they're getting right right now. Um, but I want to touch on, you know, you brought up, and we haven't talked about them tonight, and it's worth the mention, but you brought them up. Uh, the the whole, like, debacle right now that is the Wyatt family. For a guy in Bray Wyatt that is so talented, um, it looked like perhaps they were breaking Luke Harper off for maybe a singles run with his video vignette. Um, but now Rowan has his little vignette. So I, it's it's fuzzy what exactly they're doing with them. Um, a guy, as we talked before, you know, Rock stands head and shoulders above just about everybody. But Wyatt is one of those guys that, man, he cuts a real good promo. I mean, he's not Rock level yet, but he's one of those guys that, you know, when he first came in, quickly, and we don't talk historical on this show easily, and was a guy that at least struck me as someone that down the road a piece we could be naming him amongst the greats historically on the microphone, and it's just as as we talk about creative, I, I can't fathom what exactly they're, they're doing with the Wyatts. I'm hoping that there's something else down the road. And I agree with you, Rocky. If you're going to break them off, look, you have this faction. And initially, for the most part, it looks like, you know, Bray is the star, and these two other dudes are basically his muscle. And they did. They broke these two monsters off and and started giving them tag team bouts and had them, you know, wrestling for the tag title. It, It does, I mean, talk about making guys look weak. I don't think that run against the Usos, I mean, it helped the Usos, but, man, as far as the Wyatts, ah, geez, I, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I also think, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, Bray is gold on the mic. And especially in the heel locker room right now, it's going to be hard to find someone who can get the crowd that into it that he can. I and what that kind of leads into is, what does it say about the current face structure in WWE when it's, it takes a name like Rock to actually match him? Because really, who on the face side of the house are you going to put on the mic versus Bray with the current roster? That's a really good – Dave, I, I kind of – I've never heard it put that, but the, the face structure – of the and and I've never heard it like quite put that way, but it, it's it's a really good point on, you know, yeah, like how how they're building faces and and the the, the hierarchy of the faces in the company. Um, you're right. Who I mean, who do you put up against Bray that that can hold his own, Dave? Um, there isn't really a whole lot of people on the 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 babyface side of the house, as you guys put it, that that can hold up their own on the microphone against someone who like Bray Wyatt. Um, you know the like I said earlier, the rock head and shoulders above the rest on the microphone is just, you know, that damn good. And, uh, you know, John Cena, he's got limitations with promos. I mean, he cuts a good, intense promo um, that that seems to elicit a, a, a strong reaction. But anybody else, even after him, there really isn't anybody that, that, that could kind of go toe-to-toe. Maybe Jericho, if Jericho was around more full-time. Right now on the roster, nobody. Nobody can 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 touch Bray Wyatt. 
I would say over time, maybe Dean Ambrose, because he seems to get pretty strong reactions when he's on the microphone. Um, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. Rock coming in, it kind of makes everyone else look um, much smaller in terms of their verbal skills against somebody like a Bray Wyatt. You know, those, if you look back on the history of WWE, that's really what rivals what rivalries are built on. When you think when you think back, you know Hogan and Piper, or you know all, all the Rock, great rivalries. Rock and Austin. Rock and Austin. You know, just verbal sparring. You can't have a great heel without a great face, and vice versa. And if all it is is duking it out in the ring, you know it's going to get tired real quick. It's all like all excellent points, Rocky, and, and thanks a lot for the phone call. Again, do not be a stranger. Give us a, a buzz again. Uh, I like your take on things and uh, really thought-provoking stuff, and hope to hear from you soon. Definitely. Take it easy. Thanks buddy. a lot, man. Good stuff from Rocky. Uh, yeah, you know, I've, again, like I've never really heard it quite put that way, uh, the face structure, but, yeah, you know, and maybe that's part of it, and maybe that's part of, like, you know, the issue and, and, and wrestling and the internet fan per se and all, you know, I dig an athletic guy. I dig, you know, seeing a guy who, you know, can really do some special stuff in the ring. Um, however, really and truly, you know, for, for a program to work, you, you need guys on the stick. You know, you need guys that really can, can talk and, and it, it's weird, but maybe uh, on a lot of levels that they've they've uh, stressed too much of the the physical and the spots and and that sort of stuff. Which again, I enjoy seeing, but but you know, it, it's almost like you got to take like separate the two. And there's the the moment in the match that you can have a great match that's entertaining for those ten fifteen minutes, but to to run a program for a stretch of time. You need two guys that can work the stick, that can that can, you know, cut good promos week in and week out, and make you buy into these two guys hating each other before the physicality happens. You know, the the physical the physicality really and truly, as far as a, a wrestling match, really, you know, you know, if you look at it in terms of movies, you know, that's your climactic scene. You know, everything else, the other you know, 90 minutes of the movie would equal the, the working the mic and the, the lead-in to the big match. And, and Rocky, you know, brings up a real good point. You know, you need guys who can go at each other. And, and you're right, Dave, outside of Jericho, I can't think of anybody who can hold his own with Wyatt, and maybe that's part of the problem with him right now. And it's unfortunately, they can't find a spot for him. Yeah, I mean, I found it... Like I said on last week's show, um, I didn't really care for the, this this Luke Harper singles push right now. And then you know they they film the vignette and Rowan's getting a singles push too, and they're they're almost you know he is freeing both of them. They are free from his you know supervision or you know what does that necessarily mean? Does that mean that like he's let these two out to be free and they're going to be more destructive and a, and a bigger force without his guidance and will it be, will things be worse for WWE? I mean, it's almost to the point where I'm, I'm thinking that 
they're still going to have a connection with each other, you know, because they, they all look the same. They, they, they work well together. I heard a story that they're talking possibly bringing up uh, NXT's Ascension, uh, Victor and Connor, the Ascension, to kind of be the heavies for the Wyatt, or for Bray Wyatt, now that the Wyatt family um, has potentially, or has seemingly gone their separate ways, which, I mean, unless you're going to change their characters around and change their look around, I mean, I don't know exactly how that's going to work. Um, only time will tell if that's what they decide to do, but apparently the Ascension's been talked about coming up to the main roster since WrestleMania, so... Um, this may be just something that they're throwing on the, you know, some mud they're throwing on the wall to see if it sticks. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Harper and Rowan leaving and, and going out on their own, I, I kind of, I'm hoping that it, it, it kind of leads them back to the to, to Bray, per se, almost like one of those things where, like, why did you le- why did you release them into the wild? Why did you let them, you know, free? Like, they're, they're more dangerous than ever. Please take them back. Almost kind of like, you know, a, you know, the, Dr. Frankenstein, you know, letting, you know, the mad scientist letting Frankenstein out and, and, and causing all kinds of terror and begging for him to, to, to take him back. Because um, you, you're going to have to change their looks around, in my opinion. They, they, when you look at them in a singles run, you will look at Wyatt family. That's like I said a, a year ago when, when Curtis Axel went from Michael McGillicuddy to Curtis Axel, he still looked like Michael McGillicuddy, even next to Paul Heyman. So you would have to change up something because, that, to me, looking at them, you're still associating them as Wyatt family. So I'm just hoping that this split is, or this separation is related to each other so that they kind of bring them back together. I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time with, with, with that one as a fan. So it's weird, man. I mean, you know, the show, it's been it's been a fun show tonight. We got we got less than five minutes left, and and – Callers, you know, we're all we're all on board, kind of, you know, feeling the same way about the product as of late. Uh, all of us kind of dug the rock showing up last week, and uh, it was kind of a potpourri, if you will, this week. Uh, you know, we went all the way from, uh, you know, Raw last week through the, you know, the Survivor Series. We're booking the Rumble. We're eliminating the Elimination Chamber. We're at WrestleMania, and we're planning a tailgate for SummerSlam 2015. So we were. We were all over the place this week, and and it, it was fun. You know, it was good, but and I do think, and I, I said it earlier, I, I do think that's a testament to what the product is. I mean, we, we do come up with an outline. The outline was a little looser tonight than it has been in the past, but we do come up with an outline. Um, but tonight's show was kind of organic, the way it flowed, and I do think it's a testament to callers calling in, and, and Dave and I... Um, Kind of wanted to talk about other things aside from what's going on right now, uh, which, which is kind of a shame. And, and we're hoping they, they get back on track. Uh, you know, as we try to bring things back a little bit, um, you know, following the, the condiment disaster, uh, the condiment attack at the end of, of last week's Raw as uh, Dean Ambrose left, but then came back and, you know, stole some poor Schmo's hot dog truck. Um you know, we're we're moving into the Cena versus Ambrose. Winner faces uh, uh, Seth Rollins. Um, you know, I, I mean, I guess I'm looking forward to that. It, I'm, I guess, I'm more looking forward than anything else tonight on Raw is for the leak to be short lived, and uh, you know, see where they're going with the Rusev Big Show storyline. But 
You know, we end the show usually with what you're looking forward to most on Raw tonight. Dave, I, I mean, I'm kind of at a loss this week, and, and it makes me sad. But what are you looking forward to most tonight? I don't have really much to look forward to. Uh, you know, it, that's not the only celebrity host that's going to be appearing on tonight's Raw. Apparently, they've uh, had uh, Todd Chrisley from the Chrisley uh, TV show that's on USA that's going to be no! premiering. Tomorrow night. Well, he's from the Atlanta area, so he's going to be another guest on tonight's show. He's actually pretty funny, so he might add a little something to the program. Um, not, you know, anything monumental, but it will probably be much better than that abortion known as Kathy Lee and uh, Hoda that took place <laughs> last week um, on Monday Night Raw. But I really don't have anything much to look forward to um, on tonight's show, to be perfectly honest with you. And that's yeah, that's pretty sad. I mean, but, uh, but, all right, let me just rip one thing for a minute here. The Roman Reigns interview last week. What was that? That was like, I, I, I think I, I think I called it. Like, it's the, please, you know, don't forget about this guy because we're going to do something with him. So that's why we, you know, trot him out on the show for 30 seconds. Like, I just thought that was that, that was pointless. Like, I, thought I was, didn't understand I agree that. with you. I was, it was absolutely You would have served uh, the same purpose if you just threw his picture up on the Titantron and in the background just had, don't you forget about me, I'll be alone, dance, and just did that. I mean, it was, there was no point. And you know what, the one thing that stuck out to me is the one thing that Roman Reigns has got to get better at is his charisma. And he seemed flat and uninterested. It just seemed like they threw him in front of the camera. It just, it, it, you're right. It was like, don't forget about me, but it, Nothing for Reigns. No, zero. And um, I was kind of looking forward to seeing if they were going to make any indications of what his plans were when they decided to bring him back, but they didn't really do that. It was the generic, I'll be back better than ever to kick some butt. Like, it it just didn't work for me. And uh, hopefully, we've been saying it for the past three weeks now, hopefully we'll see something different tonight um, that will get us talking about next week. But I doubt it. Yeah, I mean, you got to give us something to get excited for for Hell in a Cell. I mean, a little bit more, just just flip the script a little bit. Uh, who knows? I mean, unfortunately, I think the best uh, moment on Raw tonight, because they do it constantly, is going to be the recap of The Rock showing up last week on Monday Night Raw, and that's probably going to be the best moment tonight. But hopefully I am wrong, and we get a kick-ass three hours of Monday Night Raw. Thank you, everyone who called us tonight. You guys were awesome tonight. You brought it. For Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody.